This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. He helps people create healthy spaces from home, and he also served this country in the Marines for 15 years. My guest today, David Richards. David, welcome to the show. Mark, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you. And thank you, sir, for your services for this country. Absolutely. Uh, no, it's uh, what, a, what a time to have this recorded. We just had Veterans Day yesterday, and the day before that was the 245th birthday of the Marine Corps. So, You know, it's never uh, a bad time to thank someone who served this country. So it doesn't have to be Veterans Day or an anniversary of the Marines being founded. Uh, you could thank them every day. And I know most people that I thank, like you, they all say the same thing. Oh, it's a pleasure. It was my duty. I, I love doing it. Not one single person says, yeah, about time you thanked me. <laughs> so I just love the attitude of the armed forces. You guys and gals do it because you wanted to do it. You wanted to protect our freedom. And I just want people to understand that if it wasn't for you and all your many, many colleagues, um, we may not have freedom we have in this country right now. So I, I always, whenever I see someone in the military, I always thank them for their services. I don't care if they were a secretary, if they were in the, uh, what do you call the pool where you go get the parts in the in the military? What do you call that? Um, I, the name's eluding me. Like it's the- like... Like the motor pool? What do you mean? I'm yeah, the motor pool. Yeah, I don't care if you work there. If you weren't in combat, you're still an integral part because if you didn't get the parts to the front line, they can't fight. So it's all important. So thank you for that. Um, we're going to talk about mind mastery today. We're going to talk about how we can create healthy spaces from home, as I alluded to in the intro. But is there anything else you want us to know about you before we get started with the uh, the actual interview? You know, um, I mean, it all comes back to helping people out and, and my personal journey between, you know, growing up in the military and then serving the country for f- 15 years um, wasn't necessarily the path I expected, but uh, I became a yoga instructor after I got out as well as working for corporate America. So uh, pretty broad perspective uh, to share with people. You know, what's interesting is I'm 55 years young and contrary to what people think, I was not born going, I want to be Mr. Productivity. I didn't find that out until like three years ago. So I went through a different careers, worked for corporate America, was a mobile DJ, all this other stuff. Then I finally found what I wanted to do. And so if anybody's listening to this conversation and you go, I don't know what I want to do. If you're still breathing, don't worry, you'll find it. If you don't get stressed out about it, and it sounds like you and I share similar stories. No, I think that's spot on, Mark. You know, I've, I really kind of came to my purpose in life just about three years ago. And I think for so many people, you think you have to hit the milestones when your friends are hitting them. So my gosh, I have to be married at this point. We have to have kids at the same time. I have to have this success. I have to have this milestone. And it's not true at all. The, the, all you do is sort of then force yourself to try to keep up with other people. And I think... It takes, and I'm not saying I intentionally did this because if if that were the case, I wouldn't have started when I was 47, but um, you kind of have to break out of what's expected or the norm and say, okay, what's, what's my path through this world and what's my path through this life? You know, we've also often heard the saying, I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses, but we don't realize the Joneses are broke. So um, they mortgage everything. Their credit card dip. So maybe you shouldn't keep up with the Joneses, just saying. Right. It's not the best thing. So I was really intrigued when I went to your LinkedIn profile and it says you help people create healthy spaces from home. Now, I know you want to talk about mind mastery, but I got to dive into that because so many people are working from home as we deal with this pandemic. 
so let's talk a little bit about creating healthy spaces from home because there are people homeschooling their kids. Either they're doing the Zoom schooling or the parents are actually homeschooling. People are working. People are looking for jobs. Maybe the in-laws moved in with you because of whatever the situation is going on. So how can we create healthy spaces from home? Yeah, well, part of it is you have to think about what you need from home. And, and oftentimes we look at our homes as here's the living room. Here's the family room. Here's the TV room. And it's the rooms are functional. It's like, well, this is what I go do. I'm going to go watch TV or I'm going to go noodle on my phone while I'm supposedly watching TV. And there's not necessarily a room for who we want to be. And so part of it is being more conscientious about how we design space in our home, especially because it's not that we're spending more time from home, you know, exclusively. It's also we're spending more time with ourselves because oftentimes, you know, I know going back to just what, 10 months ago, going back out into the world or, you know, going into an office, you interact with people in the break room. You interact with people in the hallway. Now your interactions basically are limited to if you're on video calls or meetings with people or if you go out to the grocery store, but then everybody's wearing a mask. So the opportunities are very limited. So at the home, we have to make it much more purposeful in how we use our home space. And I think that starts with, it's not just about what a room does for me, but it's where is the space in my home that allows me to be me and so that I can sort of focus on Am I checking in with myself? Am I, you know, am I at a good place mentally? Am I in a good place physically? Am I in a good place spiritually? And I think a lot of room, a lot of homes right now don't have that because we're kind of used to the home being functioning in a different way than it has been during the pandemic. That, that's a very good point because we all have different homes. Uh, my wife and I were empty nesters. So it's my wife, me, and a two and a half year old puppy. Well, we call the puppy. She's a puppy to us, but she's a dog to most people. Um, and, and that's so when we use our home, I work out of our home. You know, I do my training out of the home. You know, we eat from home. We live from home. But it's just the two of us. Well, we count the dogs as a human being. Just go with it. If you're not a dog, you don't dog owner and lover. You don't understand. But there are people who have a lot of people in their homes. And so they may live in the same size house as you and I live in. But there's more people taking up more space. And so yep. I understand what you're saying because you got to look at, okay, where are the kids going to do their schoolwork? Because normally they get on a bus and go to school. Now they're at home. Now the in-laws moved in with you because for whatever reason, now they're going to want their space. And so I think every everyone's dynamics are going to be totally different, correct? Oh, for sure. Because and, and you nailed it, right? Because now, whereas we used to congregate at home on weekends or in the evenings, now it's day on, stay on. And because different families have different reservations or comfort levels with other people coming over to their house, maybe your kids aren't going for sleepovers or maybe they're not going over to friends' houses as much. So everyone's kind of cooped up and you need to like make sure you have that space so that not only can you come together in a healthy setting as a family unit, but you also have that space where you can kind of have your own time and, and personal time for your own development and reflection. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out MrProductivity.com to find out how to be coached by me for less than a dollar a day, get my top five productivity tips, and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. Now, for me personally, this whole COVID thing, other than losing clients, really didn't affect the way I work because I stopped being a public speaker about six to nine months before COVID happened. 
And so I do my training from home. I create my podcast from home. I coach my clients from home. So, you know, they had to shut down here in, in the state of Texas. I live in Houston. It really didn't change my life too much because I just, you know, I don't wear a mask at home. I mean, it's just my wife and I. I mean, why would I wear a mask for? A dog doesn't wear a mask. And when I go running in Texas, you don't have to wear a mask if you're out exercising or if you're out with people in your same household, as long as you're maintaining social distance. So for me personally, COVID really didn't change that much. How about for you? Yeah. You know, I used to be someone who went into the office pretty regularly. I have uh, a workspace about five hours or five hours, five miles away. Um, And so that was part of my routine. And so coming, I I worked from home sometimes on Fridays because it was a time where I didn't feel like getting dressed up or just wanted to kind of relax. And, um, And so in that sense, it's changed dramatically. But I think the other thing one of the benefits really the unforeseen benefits is it's given me a tremendous amount of focus on the work that I need to do. And it's partly because I'm not having these social interactions, which while nice aren't necessarily necessary to really being productive at work. Like if I see Kathy in the break room and I get to ask her about how her weekend was, I'm making conversation, but is this, is it really helping me do anything productive from a work perspective? Not really. So, so that gets eliminated. I think the other thing that's really been a surprise to me is that um, I've seen through technology, there's a lot more intimacy. Like I get onto, like I had someone reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, We connected, I think probably four or five months ago and she reached out in August and said, Hey, I'd like to interview anybody who, who wants to from my connections and just, you know, understand what you're going through, whatever. And so I said, Hey, I'll do it. So first time we ever talked was on video, but within 30 minutes, we had this really profound, not necessarily intimate, but certainly personal conversation. And it seems like you get to kind of this no nonsense perspective really quickly because of, um, at least for me, because of the nature of what the pandemic has created. That's very interesting. Okay. So let's pivot to mind mastery. Sure. Um, before I start asking you questions, what does mind mastery mean to you, David? Yeah, so it um, so at first it came out of um, yoga for me, and coming out of the military, I was used to a very specific kind of way of life, and for me that was transitory. I moved all the time, uh, even growing up. You know, my life was about moving, about disconnecting from people, and even even that was unsettling because I never really consciously conditioned myself to say, okay, I'm only going to be at this place for two or three years. So don't get super close with people. I didn't do that. I would just be, we're best friends. We're going to be best friends forever. And then, oh, wait, yeah, that's right. You're leaving and you're going to move across the country or I'm leaving. We're going to move across the country and we're never going to see each other again. And so it was this kind of emotional roller coaster. And I kind of got over that as I became an adult and got into the military. But even then I still looked at relationships from the standpoint of how much time do I have at this duty station before I'm moving? Um, And so for me, yoga kind of was this transcendent experience where I started to become aware of myself. And in that process, I like my mind kind of got quiet at different times. I'm like, wow, what is that? Like, Oh, that's because I'm present because I'm not thinking about either something in the past or something in the future. I'm actually thinking or experiencing what's happening right now in this moment. And so I would go into my yoga classes and just try to, and I didn't, when I say I've been a yoga instructor for 13 years, but I think I should preface that by saying I didn't go deep into their kind of eight arms of yoga 
and the physical practice that we see on TV or videos or whatever, that's really just one arm of yoga. But that's kind of where my emphasis was because my spiritual practice or journey took me a different path. But I would go into my classes and say, you know, your life is a movie and you're the director. What are you focusing on? And so one time I came to class and I said, you know, your life is like this ocean and your mind is this ocean really. And your awareness is a lighthouse. And for you, most of us, we create patterns and habits in our lives. And we think the patterns and habits actually help us, but all they do is create these routines. And some of the routines are healthy, but sometimes the patterns aren't healthy. And so this lighthouse, our awareness just goes around in this pattern in our mind through the ocean. We go through oh, this is how I feel when I meet this person, or this is how I feel when I talk to this person, or this person, we broke up and now I have this resentment. And so every time I see them, I have the resentment. Well, if you practice it through meditation, through concentration, through willpower, you can actually start to direct where your awareness goes so that instead of reacting to your life, you start creating and designing your life. And for me, that's really what mind mastery comes down to is the ability to create my life based on the outcomes and desires I want for it. Have you heard of Jay Shetty and his new book, Think Like a Monk? I have not. Okay. Highly recommend the book. I bought the book. Very incredible. He was a monk for several years. And one of the chapters, he talks about meditation. And for the longest time, I was using the Breathe app on my Apple Watch and breathing for a minute. And, you know, you have the Calm app and the Headspace app. But he said something very interesting. And this is going along to uh, with your mind mastery. He says he's been meditating for 13 years. He's been a monk for 13 years. And he goes, even now, it still takes me 15 to 20 minutes to be still and present enough to let the thoughts vaporize away. And he says, you really can't do that in one, two, three, four, five minutes. And when I heard, when I read that, I'm like, that's very interesting. Cause I know when I would do, you know, I'd be doing something, writing a blog post or whatever the case may be. And my watch would say time to breathe. I'd stop and breathe, but I really wasn't focused. I was still, you know, interrupting me for what I was doing. And so he, he pro, uh, proposes that you get silent, just sit in silence for like a half an hour because the first 5, 10, 15 minutes, you're thinking about, oh, I got to do this afternoon. Oh, I should change my blog post to this. Oh, I should contact this person. And after a while, when you keep focusing on your breath, then eventually those thoughts go away and you can just get still. I think part of the problem, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this, in our day and age, we as a society feel like we always have to be talking, communicating, doing something. And although I don't agree with everything that the monks teach, we need to spend time being quiet because as a Christian, you know, I still believe that God speaks to us in still small voice. So if you've got a lot of noise going on in your life, whether it's social media or email or whatever the case may be, you can't hear him. And I got to believe that's probably most of the belief systems out there. You need to be quiet. That's why the monks will meditate in silence for hours on end, because you have to get the mind still in order to function. So what are your thoughts on that? No, I, I love it. And I think I think you're absolutely right. In this day and age, we've somehow equated productivity with doing stuff. Yes. And so we try to jam as much stuff into our day as possible, thinking like, oh, I'm going to get so much stuff done today. And that's being productive. But the reality is like, there is so much more to life than just doing. Like part of it, and you said it, it's being. Like, how about you be? And I think the beauty of the breath, and and and, and you said you said the name of the book, 
And I think I, I literally think I just saw that book in passing like last week. Cause like, Oh, that's it's a bestseller. So you probably did. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think, you know, in this day and age, like the, the beauty of breathing is no one thinks about the breath you're going to take in 10 minutes. Like, it's not like I have to breathe in 10 minutes or, <laughs> Oh my gosh, that breath I had 30 minutes ago was so amazing. No, yeah. but if you say <laughs> I'm going to concentrate on my breath, it brings you into the present moment. And I think for most people, and by most, I would say 85 to 90% of people, their awareness is so scattered between what they've done and what they need to do or want to do or feel they have to do that they're never really truly present. And so it's like, and, and even you said, you know, yourself, when you do the breathing app on your phone, it was so funny because my phone chimed uh, right when you said that, and I'd look down to see if it was the breathing app, but it wasn't. Um, <laughs> but even when you do that, you're like, okay, I'm going to breathe for a minute. But then it's like, okay, I'm going to breathe for a minute, and then I'm going to go back to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so you're not really fully present. And so that's why I think the beauty of what um, the author in that book says is you kind of have to, I mean, the, some conditions and patterns we help or create are good, some aren't. I think if you can get into a habit of, you know what, I'm going to breathe for five minutes as a kind of quote unquote warm up to being present for another 15 or 20 minutes, then that's a really powerful way to pull your awareness into the present moment. And really, you know, at the end of the day, Eckhart Tolle says like the power of now, that's the only thing that really matters because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Yesterday doesn't matter. You know, yesterday matters only in the sense that you've taken away the lessons that you're meant to take away from yesterday. You're serious about your online business. I am too. That's why I proudly host my website on Kajabi. It's everything you need all rolled into one platform. For more information and to try Kajabi free for 14 days, go to the link in the show notes or go to markstuchowski.com forward slash Kajabi. That's Kajabi, K-A-J-A-B-I. Yes. And let me ask you this. How long have you personally been silent now we're not talking about sleeping but how long have you intentionally been silent because for me i i think i've done a couple minutes because my mind is going so fast thinking about other things and then that when i read jay shetty's book and he said hey you know it's going to take time for your mind to settle down so what i'm going to try to do is try to aim for 30 minutes because i know that first i don't know 5 10 15 minutes those thoughts have to come and go and come and go and come and go. And eventually I'll be able to focus. So how long, what's the longest you've ever gone silent? Uh, Well, so um, that's a great question. So actually I did a retreat probably seven years ago over new year's. um, And I was silent for four days. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, no, and it's, it's a different experience, but it's also, it's, you know, if I'd, I'd like to do it again because I look back on it and I still – I was silent, but I wasn't fully present. And because I still hadn't fully appreciated that si- – you, like being present is so beautiful because then like you're not – it's not that you're not – you're just not thinking. Like the voice in your head isn't doing anything. You're just sort of you know absorbing and like – I've got a, a beautiful view out back of my house. And so there are days when like I'll finish a call or a podcast and I'll just go sit outside and I'm not thinking anything and I have my phone with me, but I am totally tuned into the rustling of the leaves through the trees, the birds. If there's work in the neighborhood or cars passing by, like I hear that, but it's not like, like there's no agenda. I'm not going out there to, to be enlightened. I'm just going out there to be. And I think that is like, 
this beautiful thing that you know you don't have to go on a four day silent journey to get there. You just have to kind of build it into your practice or your daily living. Jay shares a story, a funny, humorous, well, funny and humorous are the same thing. A funny story in the book. He said, there's these four monks and they were going to be silent for a certain period of time. And the first monk was sitting there and he got irritated because the second monk didn't light the candle or open the window, whatever the case may be. And so he said that. And then the second monk said, hey, you just broke the vow of silence. And the third monk said, hey, you're both breaking the vow of silence. And the fourth monk said, hey, I'm so glad I'm the only one that didn't break the vow of silence, which is kind of humorous because they all broke the vow of silence. But I, I just thought that was interesting because we, going back to what I said a few minutes ago, it's so hard for us to um, be silent. And my, my wife and I, I shared this with my wife, the, the story, you know, about you know the monks and being silent. And she goes, you know, we should practice times of where we're just silent for like a day. And I looked at her, I'm like, seriously, I mean, <laughs> honey, you're a woman and I'm not, I'm, this is not being, uh, I'm not picking on women, but women tend to talk more than men. I could literally not say anything for my wife for 15 minutes and she'll just keep on talking. And I'm like, I said, we should probably start with an hour because I don't think you can go for a whole day. Real, it's easier for me to go because if I'm not talking to someone on a, a call or a coaching client or a podcast, I, I generally don't talk a lot, but my wife, she just has to fill in those gaps. And I'm like, why? And you know, it's funny. So let's, Maybe we should start a minute. She goes, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Let's start small and, and build. But but seriously, I want to encourage the audience. If it's been a while since you were silent, maybe, and you let's say you go to work on your way home from work, maybe you don't listen to the radio. You don't listen to anything. You're just quiet for the drive home. Or maybe when you're making dinner, you don't say anything. Or maybe you tell your family, hey, we're not going to clock at dinner today. It's going to be really weird. Because everyone likes to talk, but I think if you can be quiet, then we can really be present. And to your point earlier, we're always worried about oh, what's going to happen the next minute, the next hour, the next day, the next week. But you're not promised those times. We are not promised another second. I mean, this sounds morbid, but you and I may not even end this podcast. Okay, and we have to be present in everything we're doing. Because we are not promised one more moment. And I think so many people, David, think this is always going to be tomorrow. There's always going to be a next year. And that's not some time in your life. There is not going to be any more time. Well, you know, Mark, and I think that's a huge point. And if there's there's anything that I've really like reflected on during, the, I mean, this unprecedented time in our, our human history, really, is that we've kind of taken time for granted in a lot of ways because We've, we've gotten so used to sort of planning our lives into this methodical cadence where, you know what, for Christmas, we're going to go visit the kids and then we're going to go skiing. And then, oh my gosh, we have that trip in April. We're going to go to Greece and we're doing all these things, putting all these milestones down ahead of us somewhere thinking that like, oh gosh, work is going to be so hard, but as soon as vacation comes, it's going to be great. Well, who wants to live their life that way? Like, I, I don't, I don't want to look forward to the best parts of my life sometime in the future. Like, I want to enjoy my life now. And I think that's what I've, I've shared with other people too. You know, the reality of being at home as much as we are now and spending so much more time with ourselves is some people that's really uncomfortable. Like, they're not comfortable spending time with themselves, which is why I need to go talk to somebody because, like, I just I don't want to necessarily be with myself. I want to go be with somebody else. And I think if you can 
kind of step into like we are all these beautiful creations and we're, you know, we're all works in progress. But if you can kind of step into that and accept that, like the beauty of being alive is right here, right now. It's not tomorrow. It's not Christmas. It's not whenever COVID goes away and we have like partying in the streets. Like it is right now. You need to make the most of your life that you can right now. I love how Seth Godin says uh, how we should create a life that we don't need to escape from. So you should craft a life, whatever you do, entrepreneur, work for the corporate world, whatever the case may be, that is so exciting, so successful that you don't go, oh man, I can't wait to that vacation. So many people don't love what they do. And as a result, they look forward to those vacations, those three-day weekends. I like what Seth says, create a life that you don't want to escape from. It's right. I mean, it makes it makes so much sense because, and it's interesting because my third book has kind of been an exploration of what's more important, who you are or what you do. And I think so often in today's day and age, especially people don't realize that everything you do is shaping who you are. And if you're doing a job that you hate, or you're doing a job that compromises your principles or your values, that's shaping who you are. And so part of the distaste that you have in your mouth for this job isn't just because what the job is, but it's because what the job is, you know, who the job is turning you into. I heard uh, Gary Vaynerchuk say something very profound, and I want the listener to hear this. He says, how you make your money is more important than how much you make. Let me say it again, because it took me a couple times to hear it before I understood it. How you make your money is more important than how much money you make, because you could be making billions of dollars, but if it makes you angry, stressed, overwhelmed, anxious, you hate what you're doing, what's the point? So I think we can also modify that and say how you live is more important than the things you get because you need to be happy. And I think this, this topic of my mastery is really important and we need to slow way down. It's okay to get off of social media. You know, be on social media, maybe say hey, five o'clock, I'm done with social media. It's okay. You don't have to be on every platform all day and listening to every podcast and watching every TV show. It's okay to disconnect and just maybe go for a walk with your significant other or take the dog for a walk. No, I think you're so right. It's so interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine a few weeks back in France and just commenting like in France, I think they're allowed out an hour a day now because of their lockdown. Um, and she was reflecting on, you know, it's so interesting from my time in America, Americans are so focused on making a living. And here in France, we're so focused on having a life. And and it's so true. Like, I, I you know, I, I look at what she posts on uh, social media and she's in, you know, the Alps one weekend. She's camping with a friend of hers and it's like these breathtaking pictures. And, uh, you know, I just feel like here we're so caught up on like, oh, I have to be doing, I have to be doing. And no, you don't. You like if you just step back and slow down and stop worrying about what other people are doing, and you feel like you have to keep up with them. Life can be really amazing if you just be still. Yes. Well, this has been an incredible conversation with you, David. So, where can we go to find out more about you? Yeah. So, davidrichardsauthor.com. Uh, I've got uh, two books out there: Whiskey and Yoga, my first book, and then The Lighthouse Keeper, which just came out this year. And that's the really the story about mind mastery. Uh, davidrichardsauthor.com and then also on uh, social media, David Richards Author on Instagram and Twitter. 
All right. Well, I want to thank you for your time today. Again, thank you for your service to this country. It was an absolute delight to meet you and have this conversation. Mark, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. And also, you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.